This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. I wanted to go through a little bit like usually I, I like going through something that's written, some text material. Um, there are two sfarim that we're going to do pieces on Rosh Hashanah that complement each other. They are, I mean, the, the Ramban and Rabbeinu Bechaya. Two extremely important commentaries. The Ramban is probably after Rashi the most significant commentary on Chumash. Um, probably the Gedoli Rishonim and Rabbeinu Bechaya was not a direct Talmud, it was a Talmud of the Rajba, but in his period on Chumash, Rabbeinu Bechaya goes lo- a long way, he explains a lot of difficult Rambans, says things very similar to the Ramban, and um, it's, it's a very useful safer to sort of give us a, a deeper explanation. The, the Ramban uh, the physical photocopy you have is I, I put out a machza a long time ago and in the back there's a collection of different things to learn for Rosh Hashanah. I guess if you have a very long shleach tzibur and you're not musically inclined, it gives you something to do in the, in, during the interim. But, so I just photocopied it so there's n- the, no problems with the um, rights. So that, that was uh, the, but the, the, the actual um, pieces one comes from the Ramban and Chumish one is the Ramban has a drusha on Rosh Hashanah. Um, and it's, it's an amazingly um, a, a broad piece, very long. I'm not sure. It says a lot about the audience. If they could sit through a drusha like that, that that's, it's, it's, it, it covers all halachas of Rosh Hashanah, a tremendous amount of depth of, of the ideas of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Adin, Yom Adin Lavo, an amazingly incredible work. It's, it's almost a mini safer, so to speak. It's a big essay. Um, so it complements very well the ideas, sort of complement each other. And, and Rabbeinu Bechai is also on Chumash on the parasha of Rosh Hashanah. We're going to skip that. We're going to start with Ramban because of the way he phrases the question. Um, we're going to go to Rabbeinu Bechai, who explains something significant about it, and come back to Ramban for the terrors. I guess it's sort of a Labrivus Asatan type of, of learning. Asatan won't know where we're holding at any given moment, so we, it's kind of, uh, it'll, 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 it'll work in Metzeshev. Let's first preface what, he, what they're saying it, it, with their questions, but we'll just say the questions um, in, in colloquially. If a person has only a Chumash at his disposal, he has a Chumash, um, and that's it. No Tayyosh Peh, no Mefarshim. He could, Mosyon Tovim, do a reasonable job of figuring out the meaning of Yantif. Pesach is easy. Pesach is, um, is you know, it says, Mantisko, Yantisko, Mitzrayim, and Mitzrayim, and Mitzrayim. You would have no problem working out Pesach. You would have no problem working out Sukkis. Um, it you know it says there was a shaftis may solve sukkis mayedu derasechem shavuos doesn't say matan torah but it's it's called chagabikurim it's called chagakotzir um, so at least you understand that the yontiv is linked to some sort of event it may not be the whole picture but it is an event that you can link it to 
Yom Kippur, you have, you know, it's, it's, it's it, you know, you, you a parsha about being mechaper. All of that is in the Torah itself. The Gemara and so on broadens it and, and gives us many more details. But, that, but, but we have at least a foothold in Chumash so that we have some sense of it. Rosh Hashanah is the exception. If you look at the Pasuk in Rosh Hashanah, you know absolutely nothing about Rosh Hashanah. It's a day of blowing. Yom Trua, Yom Zichron Trua. That's it. Um, it's a day that you blow. Why, when, where, how, nothing. And all that we know is simply because we have Torah Shaval Peh. But it is strange that a day that's so significant as a Shoshana should not have any, nothing, not even a little clue of, of what the day is. And it, it, um, that is the point that the Ramban and the Rabbeinu Bechaya in his elaborations will discuss and explain. So first we're going to look at the first page in 584. Um, in that piece where it says Ramban, we'll look at the first piece because it is sort of introduction. introduction. We're going to then go to Rabbeinu Bechai on the next page. I'll tell you where it is for an explanation on something Ramban does not explain and come back for the main point that Ramban makes. Okay. The low period of Tama Mitzvazos. The Pasuk doesn't give us any explanation, doesn't offer any explanation. Loma Trua. Why do we blow? It says, and you'll be remembered before Hashem. What, what happened? Why? And why is it a yomtiv? What does it signify? So the Ramban says, you're right. We do have a little bit of a clue. The one clue that we do have in the Torah, a, a, an intelligent, analytical person reading just the Torah says, well, let's take a look. Yom Kippur, we know what it is. We have a whole parish, we have Achrei, that tells us what Yom Kippur is. Rosh Chodesh, a month where, where in a Yontiv takes place, is very significant. It, it, the month, it's Chodesh Aviv. Um, it, it's, you know, it, the month carries itself. So the first day of that month Obviously, is connected somehow to that Yom Kippur. Um, so that sort of draws us to the to the understanding that it must be Yom Adin. Um, and I says, and, and, and so on, Yom, on Sunday, on, on the first day is. Uh, the day of Din. Ten days we have to do tshuva. And all of the clues and little hints, we have them only in a Mesoris. That's what Ramban um, points out. He then continues to explain a, a key point of it. We're going to first look at Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, who, who, who gives us some understanding of why the Torah is so guarded and veiled about it. Let's look at the next page, page 593. Um, in the first paragraph, he basically reiterates the questions of Ramban. 
Rabbeinu Bechaya is a very, it's, it's sort of uh, an omnibus type of, of, of work. He, he includes much of his predecessors, by name usually, and he elaborates and explains. So he basically rephrases the questions. Um, he he brings a, a bit of a quote from Ramban, which we'll see later. We're, we're interested in the second paragraph, where he gives us some understanding as to why the Torah is so coy about it, and no mention of it. Why is this parsha so veiled? Vis-a-vis the other Yom Tov in Pesach, we have an enormous amount of material. He puts, he puts down now here a fundamental understanding about the structure of Torah. One of most fundamental um, underpinnings of Torah. The more something is, um, is, is penimi. Penimi means internal. It means only in depth, something that's not on the surface, the more veiled it is. And it will, there will be less discussion of it and very laconic. Meaning as follows. The Torah itself comes on many levels and it's describing many phenomena. The Torah is describing a certain reality. And when the Torah says something openly, clearly, it means that this is the way it appears to us. So when the Torah speaks about Yitzias Mitzrayim, and Yitzias Mitzrayim is an event that happened actually, it's something that was physically visible, you could hear it, you could experience it, the Torah talks about it in those terms. The Torah will talk in concrete terms about things that are concrete. And that's why we have a klal, ein hamikra yotzim pshuto. You can't allegorize or make a metaphor out of psukim in the Torah. Psukim in the Torah, if they say something, they mean it. The Torah describes things that are physical realities in such words. But, if something is a spiritual reality, it's something that you don't really have, it's, it's not something that we're talking about a physical thing, then the Torah will not talk about it in open terms, because that would lead us, to, that would sort of lead us to think of it in very concrete and physical terms. And really, it's something that's abstract, it's something that's conceptual, and therefore the Torah will allude to it. The Torah will let us get a sense of it, but not speak about it in open words. Ke'inyan, he says, Tfilin, he says, is not described much in the Torah. And without having a Messorah's what, when, where, we wouldn't have it. Um, same thing he says, Tzitzis, we wouldn't know much about it. Ki, and I, I've skipped down a few lines here. Ke'inyan, Ke'inyan, these are two mitzvahs that are very deep mitzvahs, and the meaning behind it is really very conceptual, abstract, mystical. So the Torah doesn't talk much about it. On that first day of Yom Kippur, of, of, of Tishrei, 
and he's sort of using the Ramban's idea that it's, it's the beginning of a process towards Yom Kippur. Ten is an important number. This is the Rosh Chodesh. But he says, Yesh Valoma. There's something very hidden and very veiled that the Torah can only allude to and not speak about. And the reason why, they, why it's so obtuse, there's no really um, any way to see anything into it, because they really are hidden. So let's speak out just because this is important in, in, in many areas. Um, that, and he makes this point. The Torah speaks about a person, his body, a lot of mitzvahs to do with the body, and, uh, and, and talks about levav adam, talks about many, many phenomena of a person, and uses body parts to describe them. The only, um, let's call it, semi, semi-metaphysical term that the Torah uses about a person's nefesh. The word neshama doesn't appear. Um, it, it, and the, the word nefesh is used in a context which is not much different than an animal life force. Because the Torah will not speak openly about things that are not open. If it doesn't exist in a way that it's physical, that you can that you write an algorithm for it, the Torah will not talk about it because... For many reasons, the reason he gives is people will misuse it, misunderstand it, corrupt it. If you talk about a neshama, the way you talk about a body, you know, is well, you know, if 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 uh, if kosher food is as healthy for your neshama as good nutrition helps for your body. So what about organic kosher food? Is that healthy for your neshama or not? You, 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 people become, they take it down to its lowest common denominator. It's not appropriate to talk about things that don't have, the words don't really describe them fully. So he says, um, and therefore, he says, that's the reason, and that's why the Torah does not talk about Gan Eden, Olam Haba. And it's, you know, it's amazing. I grew up in a yeshiva all my life, a very kind of sheltered life. And you open up almost any academic work about Jews, and they all echot that Jews don't believe in afterlife because they've gone through the Torah back and forth. There's no afterlife. And, and the reasons, so I don't, I mean, we don't have to deal with that, uh, um, but we do have to ask ourselves, why doesn't? The Rishonim speak about it a lot. And his point is, an afterlife is not physical concrete. There are no words to describe afterlives. The Rambam actually, in his Shmona Prokhe, in Ashmona Prokhe, in his Akdama to Chelek, he speaks about Olam Haba, and, and he says people ask the following questions if, if they'll be what to eat if this, if that, a whole bunch of questions he said those questions indicate that those people have no business talking about it because they don't know the questions to ask uh, you know, if, you, if, if the question is what do they serve in Olam Haba for breakfast then go back to Holiday Inn it's the wrong, you've got the wrong place it, it, you don't have the vocabulary for it if you're transferring vocabulary from a physical world to, to, to a spiritual world it's not so the Torah does not describe anything that is not literal that's not physical and that's why the Torah doesn't describe that either
Torah was given for everybody. Torah It belongs to every single person, no matter how unrefined and how coarse his thinking is. It's not for gedol olam. Olam haba is not something that a person who is somewhat physical and coarse will understand. And certainly not everyone. Just like a fish cannot imagine what fire is, in, in, in the ocean, fire does not exist, there's no existence. So, so it's a meaningless, there's no way to translate fire into water language. The reality of Olam Haba is not anything like we have over here. And as long as we're physical beings and think through our senses, we will not really understand it. And that's why the Torah speaks about rain, peace, uh, um, a lot of crops growing. They're literal. We understand what they are. We know what we're talking about when we say that there'll be rain. You know, we know exactly what that means. And that's something that when we learn it, Kipshuta, and we teach it the way the Rebbe taught us to teach, we're talking about true things. When we talk about Neshamas and stuff like that, we're, we're, that's not, that we, we don't know what we're talking about. And, and, and most of the time we say things that are, that are strange, wrong, or whatever. If you do what's right by what the Torah says in a literal sense, the neshama will take care of itself. Don't worry about it. People have this, 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 this obsession that unless we know about the neshama and how to treat it, how to do this and that, we're not going to have to get to Omahaba. No. If you do what's right, if you don't talk Lashon Hara, if, if, you, if, if, if you learn, if you, if you kind to other people, if, if, if you do the things that it says, you, your neshama will find itself in Aden, a perfect fit. How? That's, that's HaKadosh Baruch's business. That's not our issue. Our issue is to do what it says and so on and so forth. That's the Hakdom of Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar and, and why Rosh Hashanah deals with a concept. Yom Kippur is dealing with a physical reality. Yom Kippur is very simple. In the, in the sense, I'm not simple, I say it's simple in what we're supposed to do. There's a long checklist of mitzvahs. There are things we can do right and wrong. We need to see did we do right or wrong. We need to ask for forgiveness. The Torah gave us karbonis to forgive with. All of those are realities. And the Torah can talk about it in a whole parsha because we're talking about a real mitzvah. Rosh Hashanah is only Yom Adin. And, and um, Yom Hadin, a day of judgment, HaKadosh Baruch sitting in judgment, well, there's no physical reality, really. It's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. How he judges and what he judges, we don't have a real sense of what that means. We would corrupt it if we were to list it and talk about it the way we talk about Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is real, real in the sense, I mean, literal and physical. Physical is the right word for it. Whereas um, Rosh Hashanah is not, so the Torah does not talk about Yom Adin and so on and so forth. So what is it? So, so if I mean, if it's all mystical, then where do we come in? What's what's our avodah on Rosh Hashanah, and what are we supposed to do with Rosh Hashanah? So let's go back to Ramban on page five eighty four. 
Valderechem. Um, so now, the Ramban is going to give a reason um, here that is touched with Kabbalah. It's interesting when he quotes the same thing in the Drusha that he said, I don't know who the audience was, but I imagine there was Hamonam in the audience. He also makes some comment about not, uh, about not uh, you know, telling it to the Hamonam. So I think what he means is, and I think in general it's a, it's a good rule to use Ramban and Chumash, when he does bring these things down, if he really didn't want us to know, he wouldn't write it. I'm sure he knew a lot more that he didn't write. He has, um, he, he has a reason to introduce certain concepts where even if we don't understand all the details, but it gives us a truer picture, at least a certain sense of what's there. So we're not going to explain every word. Um, we're, trying to, we're going to try to get Ramban's, Ramban quotes it twice as firm that were meant to be studied by everybody. Ramban and Chumash is uh, uh, the, you know, it's a peerage that's meant to be learned by everybody. It's not restricted for Mekubalim and, and Gaonim. Um, his Drosh Rosh Hashanah is a work that you see clearly is meant to give a person a complete hekif on Rosh Hashanah, a, a complete overview of Rosh Hashanah. So my sense is that certainly to get an idea of what he's talking about and get a feel for some of where do we come in Rosh Hashanah is going to be significant. Valderech HaEmes, he says, that which is it's it's a code word from the Ramban for a Kabbalah type of uh, explanation. Trua Trua is what saved us, or better said, what this was our forte for us and our forefathers. Shenema Asherom Yode Trua. Fortunate is the nation who understands Trua. It's a call, a call for war. In Cain, he says, if Trua signifies some sort of war, the day becomes our Trua. It's a yontiv because we identify with trua. So why is the shofar mentioned? In the word yom, it says a yom trua. The word yom is a remez for shofar. And then true or false? We'll explain that. It, it, it's, it, it will be explained as soon as we finish the, the, the two or three lines. It's a day of din in Urachamim, loy truas mulchama, and not truas mulchama. Um, and then, he is, so it's, it's not quite a truas mulchama. I'm going to skip down two or three lines just to get to, to his point. Um, Avil hatkia he has the current vuashayfa. The tkia before the trua is merumis and shayfa and the current. Vehatrua kishma trua is what it is. Umipneishi klula min arachamim and because we wanted to include rachamim tkia lefanel tkia lachra. We have a tkia before and a tkia after. Let's let's talk over. Let's explain and talk and and describe what he's talking about. Because this is really the key. He says, and again, Rabbi Mechai says it. I'm just, I just take out because he's very succinct. The word trua, he says, signifies battle, war, 
what we call pop, um, din, Akarish Baruch's judgment, the trua is a sound, a broken sound. It's a sound of something splintering. Um, certainly a trua is the ultimate splintering. A trua has no length. It is the shortest sound you could possibly make. Um, it's like when a person cries in the sense that a person is without words when he cries. He's sobbing. There's the, the, it's just outbursts of sound. Um, trua is, signifies that type of idea. Tkia is a long, a, 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 a long call. And he tells us it signifies rachamim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Um, let's, let's describe it, um, what we're talking about over here. In the, if we ask a person, do you want to stand bedin or not? Do, 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 what's my attitude towards the Yom Hadin? The answer um, depends. Let's give an example. Let's say I need to get a job. And to get the job, I have to pass a certain test. Do I want to take the test? No. Do I have to take the test? Yes. So I'd really rather not take the test. I really feel kind of awed by it, and I don't want to do it. It can only, it, it can only do me harm. I can only, you know, if I pass, I get the job I want. If I don't, I won't get the job. So, so, so the test is, is really there to break me, you know, to sort of weed out if I'm not capable. And, and, uh, and, and uh, the test is not, I mean, I don't at all look forward to it. There's another type of test. Let's say I'm trying to be a fantastic um, ball player. I'm trying to be a fantastic musician. And I set certain goals and steps to get there. So I, um, I say, uh, okay, um, you know, let's see if I can do this. Let's see if I can do this and this. I'm, you know, and let's say I'm, it's a rigorous training. I'm training for an Olympic team or something of that nature. So I, um, I'm sort of a little bit, um, I'm, I'm apprehensive about the test. But that test is coming in context of a much bigger picture of something that I really want and something that I would like to attain. but And you can't attain something. There is no achievement and there is no accomplishment that doesn't require um, a test. In other words, if everybody was born um, you know, playing violin to perfection, playing violin to perfection would not be, um, would not be an accomplishment or an achievement. It's because it's so difficult, and each, each time I pass a certain uh, barrier, I attain something, there's accomplishment, and there's pride in accomplishment, because that's what it is. So we have two setups of din. One is where it's there, I don't want to be part of the process, it's not something I want, it's imposed on me, and it's only to my detriment. Uh, you know, I can only fail. If I pass, so fine. So I got what I wanted to get. All I can do is, and I don't want to be shy to it. There's another type of din where it's part of something much bigger. And there, I gain by it. As, yes, I'm apprehensive about it, but I, I want it. 
I want to be tested and see, can I, do I know Mishnah is Valpet? Do I know a Perek Valpet? Do I know a Mesech Valpet? And so on and so forth. HaKadosh Baruch who created this world, B'midas Adin, Kim, Rashi says he really wished that Din um, would have been the way to go with it. People would have to prove the worth, their worth, and their right to exist. That, that's the way it would work. That would be a perfect world in the sense that every person would feel extremely accomplished and his place would be uh, just like on a, on, a, on a normal day-to-day level, people would like to live on their own, uh, uh, with their, uh, by their own means, and not have to hustle and depend on somebody else. It's natural. That's a very basic instinct because we feel that our self-worth is compromised if we need to come on to somebody else. Well, to justify our existence and to say yes, um, there's a reason my living in this world justifies itself. That's really perfection. And that's the ultimate good. HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw that it's a great, it's a fantastic, fantastic perfection, but you would end up with zero population if that would be the, the, the way to go with it. Um, you, can't, you can't, just like, you could, in countries where people, where, where, where you can't leverage, where there are no loans, where there's no investments, where you can only use capital you actually have, things collapse because it's, it's, it's almost impossible to build you know, enough out. You need to be able to take, to take a step ahead, leverage out a bit, and so on, and, 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 and then things thrive. If people have to justify their existence, every moment of their existence... It's, it's, it's set up for failure. So what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did was, he said, you know what? I will look at you in a bigger context. I'm not going to take snapshots of you every second. I'm not going to take a, a, a snapshot. I'm going to take a video. And I'm going to look at a lifetime, a year at a time, a day at a time, and so on. That allows us, so just like um, if in a business, right now I owe more money than there are assets, but the business is booming, and, 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 and in a year or in two years, I can, I can pay off all the loans and still be profitable. So if I take a snapshot of a picture of the, of the business, and I say, well, right now this business owes more than it has assets. That's not an indication if it's a good, if it's a good business or not. That, that's, I mean, it, 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 the indication is, well, what's, what's happening? Where is it going to? You know, um, it, it, that's, that's where it's going. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, we will create a structure that will save the world. I want to add another nuance to this, to this idea. Let's take an, why I would do it like that. And, 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 and this is sort of, it, this snaps onto this idea. Imagine I have a school. Um, and, well, I work in a school. I don't have it. So, but, and let's say my, my um, I'm trying, I'm a snob, kind of very elitist, and I want to have the cream of the cream of the crop. We definitely have it, but let's say it was coming from Midas Ross. 
And so I make this terribly difficult test. And if you don't pass it, if you don't get 100, you don't get into the school. Um, and the kid fails. I, I, I'm fine with that. That's, you know, so he's not, the one, he's not the one I want. And next, I don't have a problem with that. It, it's, it's, its goal is, like we said before, it's a Midas Adin whose goal is to keep things to a certain degree, you know, only, you know, Hashem Tzadikim Yevovo, period. Let's say I'm a father, and I have a child. I also want my child to do very well. I want my child to be the best of the best. But I, I, if, I'm a, if, I'm, if, I'm a, if I'm a wise parent, I'm not going to allow the child to get away with not knowing or not accomplishing, but I'm going to find ways to keep, okay, we didn't well this time, but let's try another week of preparation and see how that goes. Let's see if we can teach in a different way. Let's see if we can do this or that or the other thing. Because that, that test is only part of a bigger picture. It's part of a picture of, first and foremost, I love my child and, and I want him to do well. It's not like the snob entrance examination where I really don't want him, I don't care for him unless he's perfect. It's because I care for my child that I want him to be perfect. Not because he's perfect, I care for him. So Midas Hadin, the concept, the idea of people being responsible and accountable, and accountable up to perfection, is, can be seen in its own, or can be seen as part of a much bigger picture. HaKadosh Baruch Hu warns people, every single neshama that HaKadosh Baruch put in this world, he cares for, and he, he, but he doesn't, he knows that it's not good for a person to get a free ride, and that's why he gives the person um, opportunities to perfect himself bedid. So the rachamim is, I find different ways, sometimes with good, sometimes with difficulties, sometimes somebody tells you something, sometimes the baskal, you know, it, it, all sorts of ways to get you to that perfection. So the midas hadin in that context is part of a much bigger picture. And the picture is rachmim. So, so to speak, the din is an element within the larger context of real rachmim. Like the marshal of a father to a child. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world and really that is the point of existence. Is that, is that we earn our own keep. The, but that is Bereshit Baruch Elohim. But Chalal Yisrael sees it in a much deeper light. Umas HaOlam reject the Torah. They reject the idea of people bringing themselves up to par. They reject the idea of accountability. And, you know, the idea of, of, you know, eat and sleep, be merry, you know, eat, drink, be merry, and for tomorrow we die, is, is really a, a, a Mesoras, an old Mesoras from Grandfather Esau. Said, I'm dying anyway. What's the big deal wearing a, 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 the, the, the chayshin with the ephod, with all that stuff? I mean, listen, at the end of the day, we're all dead. What's the point of it? 
that, that, that is an attitude. At the end of the day, no one makes it. And therefore, they, there is a rejection in the world of din. We're not accountable. We don't want to be accountable. If HaKadosh Baruch forces us to be accountable, what can you do? But there's no identification with it. And that's the first point that Ramban says that truer is what stood for what stood as, as Klal Yisrael's weapon. In other words, the Umas Ha'olam reject truer. They reject the idea of a person is here to be accounted for his actions and to, and to answer for his actions and to justify his existence by his actions. And that's why it stood in our stead, like he says. It was the truer is, is what we were not saying with, because we came along and said, no, the purpose of man in this world is to justify his existence. But we, if a person really understands and appreciates how perfect perfection is, how, how an almost impossible task it is, he needs to survive. In other words, he needs to understand it that there is no such thing from HaKadosh Baruch Hu as din for din's sake. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not HaKadosh um, Baruch Hu is not there. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has an underlying will that precedes the din. It's the context within which that din comes. And that's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Rachamim. So to speak, the din is enveloped in Rachamim. So we, we sort of, um, we, that's what we express in Tkia, Trua, and Tkia. Trua, it's a Yom Trua. It's a day of, since it's the first day of, 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 the, of creation of man, the, the sound of, of, of this day is Trua. That's what it is. It's a Yom Trua. It's the day of Din, because man is the crown of creation, the one that can actually justify his own existence. It's almost, if you, if you think about it, I, 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 I won't go far with it, but when we speak of God, we say God has no, it doesn't depend on anything. You can't say, well, if we do our various, it hurts God. If we do this, it's good for God. God stands independent of anything. Like the Pasuk says, if, if you sin, you, you didn't harm him. If you did, if you, if you did good, you, you didn't give him anything. So Kavayochol, a person, can actually, in a certain sense, stand on his own. And, and Rashi says in Vashana that Sadiqim could theoretically demand on, on their rights, and they come and they demand for chesed and not in their rights. But it's possible. But we understand it's in the context. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants a world, and he will, and he will do what it takes to, to, to perfect us. He's not going to toss us out for the lack of perfection. He will keep struggling with us. That's what we express in Tkia, Trua Tkia. There's a trua, that's the, that's the day itself, but bear in mind it comes with a tkia before and a tkia after. That's, that's the, the meaning of the tkia, trua, tkia. I, I want to 
um, it, it's, 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 it's an extremely deep idea. It's very profound. If the Ramban would not have given us the, the clue for it, we wouldn't have the, the, the audacity to talk about something like that. Ramban does bring it to the forefront, and he does say that his Lashonos over here, where, where he sort of says, Chazal, he says, revealed to us the secret of the day by telling us, and so on and so forth. I want to sort of, let's try and sort of internalize it a bit and get a sense of what it means to us on different levels. The first thing is the recognition that, that, that um, it's a Yom Hadin. That's what it is. Um, it's a Yom Hadin in the sense that we must justify our existence um, you know, a person was put into this world to, to justify his existence. Um, it's something that we, if we reject it, then, then our existence has no meaning. If a person is never, if a person says, I don't want to exist on my own, I, I just want to live off somebody else, then the person has rejected his own existence. There's a fascinating um, passage in the Talmud. It says that a grown, a, a, an adult um, who is still dependent on his parents for his, for, for his parnasa is considered allochically in some degrees a minor. In other words, because he's still dependent. You're not independent if you're dependent. It's a, it's a tautology. It's, it's, it's in the word. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to be independent. That's what he wanted. And if we don't shtel tzu, if we don't accept it as such, if we don't, if, if we don't accept it, the sense of the day as Yom Adin, we have no, we have no makom. Um, and and, and it's, it's, it's more than doing a virus. It's rejecting um, your purpose and, 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 and who you are and what you are as a human being. But Accepting Yom Adin requires a um, it should 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 put a person in awe. I mean that if we have to justify our own existence, a person who's honest with himself, um, it, 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 those words it, it's it's an almost impossible barrier. How 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 are we going to do it? And the only way a person can relate to it is understanding that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants me to get there. Um, the underlying, th- that ideal of justifying our own existence comes as a, sub, as, as a subtitle of HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanting our existence the way a father wants a child and the way, and the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu um, wants us so HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give us different tools. If, if we're set, if, if, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu's sense is that we're set to strive to that goal, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give us different opportunities, different ways to get there. The, the appeal that on Yom Kippur we appeal to HaKadosh Baruch Hu um, by doing tshuva and trying to mend specifically the things we did wrong and asking that are Jewish miskabel and rachmim, as, uh, rachmim on a point-by-point point, um, you know, basis. Rosh Hashanah is a broader day. 
It's a day when we say that Kaddish Baruch Hu, that you know, it's it's we don't we if you want us to make it, the only way we can make it is if you give us longer a longer measure. Tkia trua tkia is a sort of tefillah. Incorporate the trua into a tkia. Yes, we are aware and we recognize Akadish Baruch Hu, um, it does that, but, but we need also to be mispal. What we're asking for is that Akadish Baruch Hu give us a broader span to, to, to look at us, to, to judge us not point by point, because there inevitably is a point when, when we would fail, but to judge us in a longer context. A person, in, in the big picture, we want to do what's right. We'd like to, it's really what we like to do. But, um, there, there, you know, at different moments, there are weaknesses, there are temptations, there, there, there are uh, struggles, and on the moment-by-moment basis, we can't do it, but in the bigger picture, we can do it. I'd like also to apply this um, to another area. Um, it, it, the Kalal is always, it's nice to deal with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu also deals with us um, as we are. Um, there's no double standards. If this is the way, um, and the, that's why the Gemara says, for instance, the biggest chus for Yom Kippur is Mavir Al-Midosov. My Rebbe Chaim Shlevitz would speak about it like a clock every single um, Rosh Hashanah. He, he, I mean, he, would, he spoke four times on Shani Yom Kippur, he said over every shmuz of his, every letter exactly every year. Um, and one year he alluded to that and he said, people who think I repeat myself haven't even understood me once. That was, his, that was the way he described. And Mavel Midoisov was a very prominent shmuz. It's still ringing in my ears. Forty years later, I can still, I, I, I can still remember the words and, 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 and everything. That's a context. But I, I would like to explain it. I, I, I would like to be more specific about it. Um, inevitably, inevitably, in any relationship between people, there's friction. Whether it's, um, whether it's a community, neighbors, people at work. And even sometimes between spouses. I've heard rumors to that effect that that, that is also possible. Um, it's not always easy to deal with a specific event that's difficult and, and uh, shrug it away. Now, sometimes it could be shrugged away, sometimes it could be down the kaf's chus, um, but a lot of times, uh, it, it, you know, the, 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 there are tools for dealing with it point by point, but it's not always, it doesn't always misyashiv al-alev, it's not always something that a person um, really feels that that's true. What works a lot more is taking a broader view of the person in terms of what are his issues. I want to share a story. I didn't prepare it, but it popped into my head. And it's something that was profoundly meaningful to me. And it was a lesson for me from my father's Hanavracha. My father was an extraordinary person. And um, I'll take a few minutes and, and share it because it was a profound lesson for me. And we'll share it. My father was a war survivor. My father lost his wife and children in the war, restarted again at the age of 50, and that's where I am. He, was, he had many gifts and talents. 
he was an extremely capable speaker. Um, not long-winded, but he, he would, there were short things he would say, and he was very good. People enjoyed it. It was short, to the point, articulate, and so on. And one of, one of the things in the shul that were especially, uh, you know, sort of moments that people um, looked forward to was the Siam Erev Pesach. My father would make a Siam. My father, yeah, it was a shamus of a shul, of a big shul. I don't know if anybody had, on the Lower East Side, it was a Bialstok shul. And... Um, the, um, and he would make the siyum of Pesach. My father did not like to just mumble off the words in the siyum. He would explain, five minutes, he would explain the point of the Masechta, a vert on it, and, and the, the point to make a siyum, and make the siyum, and it was kind of an event. It was a little event in the shul. One year, my father chose a particularly different, difficult Masechta, and he was looking for somebody to learn with Bechavrusa, who was Erechen, actually, and he found there was an old man the older person who lived in the community. The person was a day safer. He knew how to learn. Um, a very, very, not an easy person to get on with. Um, people uh, did not, he, he was angry at the world. The world was angry at him. He mumbled, he grumbled. People just sort of ignored him. I, I, I have no idea what started what, but the, the person was sort of basically a, a reckless of sorts. My father learned with him the the Masechta, the, the, um, the fine. It came like a week before the Siam or so. Um, they, my father, Erev Pesach was a very difficult day. It was a huge shul. The Bialstok shul was like a big sort of neighborhood shul. It could see the thousand on, on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. And my father had to clear it out and do this and that. And the Siam was just another headache. So he had a brighter day. He said, Mr. So-and-so, why don't you do the Siam? And he said, great, fine. The, the, they found out about the shul and his balabas, the president or whoever it was told him you have been seeing, it's not a privilege to see him, it's your duty and your job, nobody wants to hear that other person, you have to do it and you know, that's it so he went this other person was very upset at my father he thought my father had sort of machinated to, to, get, it, to get it back whatever it was, he, he refused to speak to him he would turn his back to him and so on that was it one day, one Friday night I was sitting home and I was sitting with my father at the table and my father tells me um, you know, um, this person came over to me and he said, I have a limitschus for your benzene. I said, Great, what's a limitschus? said, You know, people went through the war, they're not all there. So he sort of pleaded insanity. I'm not, I'm usually calm. I was about to get up from the table, walk to that man's house, and wring his neck. I mean I, I, I mean, I mean, I still remember the rage. I was a kid. I was a teenager. How old could I have been? 15, maybe? My father took my hand. You know, he, he said, he says, sit and think. He said, I went through a lot. But Baruch Hashem, I'm a happy person. People like me. I like people. I smile at the world. The world smiles back at me. I have. He said, he doesn't have. The world hates him. He hates the world. He dreads walking out. He, he, he doesn't have a place for himself. He's bitter. He said, the son never shone. And he, now he had a moment that he thought would give him an entry into society. And I took it. Don't you understand why he's so angry? Think about a bigger picture. I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's my father's... Uh, it's my father. Um, when you look at other people, um, you need, and, and situations, usually it, it's people you built up a relationship with, 
and, uh, and then something happened. And, and the thing could actually be very bad and very wrong, but where is it coming from? Is it, how do we look at it in a bigger context? There's a Rebbeinah Bechayev who says in, in, in Kisovo about Hayom, Becholom he says, we don't, our mind doesn't think of time in really, in, in really um, accurate segments. It's sort of, it's, it's um, that's the right word to put it, it's sort of like a logarithm. Something that happened 10 years ago doesn't count for one-tenth, it counts for a hundredth. If, if, let's say, Ruven did a, a phenomenal favor for me 10 years ago, and Shimon did a favor for me a year ago, I'm going to be a lot friendlier with Shimon than with Ruven. That's, we, 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 we distort things over time. We don't just say, okay, over, over, um, you know, over 10 years, he's given a million dollars, and last year, he gave me $200,000. I won't say, well, but, but if I look at it 10 years, I, I look at it What's more immediate has disproportionate amount of impact. And the Torah says we have to redo it. I think it's sort of, if we want HaKadosh Baruch Hu to look at us in context, um, the, 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 at least, you know, I, 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 people can't be malachim and you can't forgive where, where it hurts a lot. I, I believe in being honest and, and you know, sort of uh, relate. And, but, but take it in context. If, if, if we learn... To, um, to, to take the truer and put it from Tkia and Tkia. Um, it, it gives us a very, um, it gives us much longer wind to deal with situations than if we deal with things, you know, at that, at that specific moment and so on. So briefly, so recapping, Rosh Hashanah is perhaps the profoundest day of creation of the year, of the calendar year. It's the day when Akash created the world. It's a day when he created man, because that's the purpose of the world. Um, man is, it's a yom trua, it's a day of judgment, because man's existence is not worth anything if he's not accountable. We need to recognize that. That's one thing in the direction of Shana, that what makes us, what makes our lives worth something is because we're accountable, and that's what we have to strive for. Not, we're not striving for an easy ride, we're striving for accomplishment, we need to recognize that no person could ever make it if Midas Adin was exacted to the fullest, where there would be a, a, um, every second we'd have to justify our existence. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has created the world in an envelope of Rachmim. That's the Tekil of Fonat Tekil Achreha. The Avodah Rosh Hashanah is to appeal to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to, to, to emphasize that Midas of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that he envelops the, the trua in tkiyas, the tkiyah of Fanekiachreya. So when the person is blowing tkiyah, trua tkiyah, we, we have a clear sense of a, of, of a certain of, of a certain mahalach that Kadosh who is taking. If we can adapt it, it's first of all benodim lemakom to give our lives a context of a bigger picture. We, we have a problem. We keep asking on every particular item: Is it kosher? Is it not kosher? Is it muta? Is it also? Some, uh, yes, that's, that is a shayla, and but we need to look at a bigger context in the, in the entire context of a life. Where is it going to? Where the pieces add up to? And in Benon Machavero, it helps an awful lot. The person says, you know, we've been friends for so long. The person did wrong, but I need to take in context, I need to take in context where the person's coming from, what he's doing. I need to take, it's one incident in 10 good years. 
I can't, I can't overtopple 10 years worth of very positive experiences with one particular difficult experience. And if the, the, the longer our tkiyas are, and, and the more we incorporate the, our chosen tkiyas, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will, 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 will take his midas rachmim, include the, 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 the awesomeness of the din in a, in a big layer of rachmim, so that Bez Hashem um, someday will be zeichah bedin berachmim. Good yar, Xeo Simatoyba.